It is NBA Rivalry Week, and Patrick and I are going to try to fix it because right now it's broken. Let's get into foul trouble. How are you doing today on this rainy Los Angeles morning, James? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm happy. I'm not happy about the rain. The rain hurts my step count. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of gloomy. We are getting vitamin D deficient already. Yeah. We just can't deal with it. Okay, so rivalry week. This random week in yeah. the NBA calendar. Um, the NBA introduced this last year or two years ago. I, I think last year last was year. the first year that they did it. I gotta say, Patrick, I feel like maybe the worst like section of the NBA calendar to do this. Yeah, th- that was one of my thoughts is why, just right off the top, why this week? Why not do it the week after the Super Bowl? Kind of like the like NBA is finally yeah, in I, the spotlight week. Well, I guess, so it's weird though because the Super Bowl is like right around All-Star. Yeah. I feel like Rivalry Week should happen after All-Star. I feel like the, this is the, the NBA is like, I, I'm a little worried because we've added the in-season tournament. Now we've added Rivalry Week and it feels like the NBA is just like, please care about our regular season more. But it's like, you still have guys resting games. You still have these kind of issues that are the reason why. We've gotten to this point. And I'm like worried that like four years from now we're gonna have like in-season tournament, rivalry week, team pride week. Like I don't know what how, how far are we gonna go. I like this concept of rivalry week. It's just like a high school, like this week you only wear jeans yeah. to the games. <laughs> yeah, like color rush week. I don't know. I but I mean the concept is cool. I think the thing of uh, the slate this year is a little odd, some of these rivalries. Yeah, okay, let's just jump into it and go over just the full slate. It's an 11-game slate. On Tuesday, we've got Nets-Knicks and Lakers-Clippers, so both of the in-town grudge matches. On Thursday, or on Wednesday, we've got OKC versus San Antonio because uh, apparently that is a rivalry. Yeah. Um, Suns-Mavericks, which is a legitimate rivalry. Um, Celtics Heat, which is on rivalry. Thursday, which is probably the best rivalry in the NBA right now for my money. Kings versus Warriors. Then on Friday, we've got Mavs Hawks and um, Trailblazers Spurs. <laughs> Trailblazers Spurs, man. But like, I get it with the Wemby, but like featuring the Spurs who haven't been competitive in the last three years. At saying that they have two rivalries is crazy. Then we've got um, Knicks, Heat, Heat, Knicks, Sixers, Nuggets, and then Lakers, Warriors. Um, thoughts? I feel like this is not a great slate of rivalry games. Like I feel like if your NBA is going to do rivalry week, how do we not have Lakers, Celtics? Yeah, yeah. Like above all else, know. and I think this is the real problem with highlighting a rivalry week is that. Have you seen the chart of it's like it's it's a map of the United States and it shows every NBA fan base and it's an arrow pointing to who that fan base thinks their biggest rival is rival is and then an arrow pointing toward them from the other teams obviously who they think you're you're their biggest rival for the Western Conference thirteen arrows were pointed at the Lakers yep like <laughs> and that's kind of I feel like the problem is if you look at the East too is like I'm thinking of like the best East rivalries it's like. Celtics Sixers, Celtics Heat. Heat. And I think the problem Heat is, is like rivalries in pro sports are formed 
from teams being really, really good at the same time and clashing a lot. And the problem is it's like there's been like two teams that have kind of defined the NBA from the history of the NBA, and it's the Lakers and the Celtics. And I think the other problem is is a lot of rivalries in the NBA are so player-focused and not team-focused because like Warriors-Cavs should be a really awesome rivalry even though LeBron has left and like it has not persisted at yeah. all and even the Cavs are competitive yeah again. the Cavs are good again like pretty quickly after LeBron left and like Warriors Cavs doesn't it's like a nostalgic like oh Warriors Cavs but it doesn't have that same magic yeah it doesn't have that same juice the thing that bugs me is I get doing the like Chet Victor like they're rookies they're going up against each other for the first time thing on like the first week of the year um just because we've never seen these matchups before but Trying to tell me that like Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama is like a marquee matchup rivalry is you're just you're lying to my face, Adam Silver. You're lying straight to my face. Same thing with like, I don't know, OKC. I would love to see OKC playing literally anybody else but the Spurs. I just I, I feel like it feels like they should have they should have had that OKC Timberwolves game that happened last week happen this week. Yes, exactly. And I just kind of wish, like, if you know that you're doing Rivalry Week midway through the season, give yourself a little bit of flexibility to kind of honor the, like, the conflicts that we've seen throughout this year already. Like, I would way rather see a Warriors-Timberwolves matchup than a Warriors-Kings matchup. After like the Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert choke yeah. and all that stuff. Or or even like, uh, I mean, we'll get into it as we're um, picking our lineup. But like a uh, Bucks pacers thing. Like there's been so much smoke. There have been so many great games. I even thought about an idea. Like we've always talked about, or there's been talk of how cool it would be if one day the all the, the seeds in the playoffs could call out the team that they want to play in the first round. Like imagine if there was some element of that in rivalry week. Yeah. I, I honestly think just seeing the way like the NBA rivalries go, like the fact that Warriors Cavs, I feel like really hasn't developed because it's so player focused. It's like Lakers Celtics has become this timeless one because of like meeting in the finals across different generations of players. And like, maybe if we get a Cavs Warriors finals with a new cast of players, like eight years from now, maybe that develops into the next one. But like, I I kind of feel like it's really hard to get these team heavy rivalries without some real stakes behind them. And I think like that's going to be the struggle of the NBA is because you have such a long season. Teams often are finishing multiple games away from each other in the standings. And it does make it kind of tough because I feel like NBA fans in general are kind of against the divisions mattering more. And I think like it's going to be hard for the NBA to create real lasting rivalries if divisions don't start mattering more. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you, the, any historical rivalries, they're not really in there at all. Yeah, because like, let me, th- I'm thinking of like two teams, the Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic. Probably should be rivals. Yeah. Like, they're in the same division. They joined the NBA like a year or two apart. They've both been, I mean, the Heat have obviously been much more successful than the Magic, but the Magic had the Dwight Howard era. They had the Shaq era. It looks like they're about to enter a new era where they're more like, playoff contenders and it's kind of weird that like they're not really rivals in any real way you know what i mean like there's no territorial aspect to their rivalry i think 
I, I mean, I know people are so against it, but I wouldn't be opposed to division winners getting home court again like they used to. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I I it's like there's two sides of a coin. It's like it, it sounds great and it probably makes it a little bit more hot as far as rivalries, but then you end up like I don't know, falling into like the Atlanta Hawks, like becoming like a playoff lock or something. But I see the thing I don't mind about that though is like we have the in-season tournament because we need games to be more intense. If you made the divisions matter more again, that already makes eight games way more intense. Yeah, that's true. And that actually does lead to rivalries. Yeah, that that that's definitely true. And I think it would probably insulate rivalries like becoming more stale. Um I guess I don't have like the best example. I like a, a Warriors Grizzlies rivalry, that kind of lost steam over time until it picked up a little bit more when they faced each other in the playoffs. But like fact of the matter is you're only going to face three teams in the playoffs and hopefully you have more like smoky rivalries than just like the teams that you played against in the playoffs. Yeah. So I guess the exercise today, we are going to redraft the 11 rivalry games. Yes, we are. No team can be in more than two games. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the only rule. Um, we're just going to go back and forth and build out our slate. Um, James, do you want to, I'll, I'll give you the first pick. I get the first pick. You can have the first. Are pick. we doing a snake? We're we going back and forth. I, let's just go back and forth. We're, we're working okay. as a team. Okay. All right. Well, number one, I'm taking Lakers Celtics, obviously. That it's was the best rivalry in the NBA. Yeah. As well. And you know, both teams are good. We got a really great game on Christmas between that matchup. Um, I think that is the clear number one pick. Um, number two, I feel like it's the best rivalry in the NBA right now. They face each other, I think, three of the last four years in the Eastern Conference Finals. I got to go. Heat, Celtics, the big dog versus the meanest dog in the yard. Um, and, and like... It's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. No, Heat-Celtics is an amazing rivalry. And that's the thing that's also been fun is, like, I feel like this is another rivalry that has a real chance to become, like, an overtime thing because it's, like, you had Wade played them in, like, 09. And then, like, LeBron's big three played them, like, three straight years. And then now it's this new era of Tatum and Butler playing over and over again. Low-key, I think something that really helps this rivalry is the KG and Paul Pierce podcast. I feel like every single day, we're going to talk about it later, but I feel like every single day I see something of them like talking about how they don't like Udonis Haslam and then Udonis Haslam firing shots back. I was a little disappointed. Bam was on UD's podcast and UD was talking about how like he doesn't fuck with uh, Paul Pierce and KG and Bam was like, yeah, I mean like Jason and and Jalen are fine. I'm like, no, go at them. <laughs> yeah, I think Bam and Tatum are friends. But so with the third pick, I do feel like there's a bit of a drop off here because it, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, where it's like the Celtics are kind of like the key crux of all of these rivalries. Because the thing with the Lakers is I feel like they don't really have that many true Western Conference rivals. And a lot of the ones that were starting to build up, like the Kings just collapsed over the years. Yeah, it's it, they do seem kind of forced, like. The Kings was really great in the early 2000s. Of course, there was like so much Spurs back and forth, but also they kind of like missed each other. I guess in the early 2000s, they were both at the peak of their powers. Um, so, you know, I'm going to 
pick this one, even though it goes against my rule of like it's not a real rivalry. But I think since there's 11 games, there's enough room on the slate for this to become, you know, a rivalry game. It's the game we all want to see. It's Philadelphia versus the Denver Nuggets. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I mean that's a really that that is a really great pick. I had that number four on my big board. Um, we had a whole podcast about, about this them playing, yeah, literally last week. But um, it's the two best players, single players in the NBA. They play at the same position. Like we talked about, it's pretty rare in NBA history to have two guys at this level that go back and forth. And this is kind of, it's kind of cool that this matchup only happens twice a year. But also, I, I wish it happened more. more. Yeah. Um, okay, should we, should we just keep moving along? Yeah, I, I'm honestly, I feel like... What do you have next? <laughs> I feel like you can guess what I have next. Lakers, Clippers? Suns, Mavericks. Oh, Suns, Mavs. Okay, Suns, so another player-focused one. It's a pretty player-focused one. I, the thing I like about Suns, Mavericks is there's so many angles you can you can go at it. Is There's the Luka Booker angle. There's the X's of Kyrie and KD. And then I will say, I, I think there's a good amount of like vitriol between the fan bases yeah. of Mavs Suns. Mavs Suns have pretty, a lot of the success, pretty much all of the success that the Mavericks have had in their history, they've had it while the Suns have been pretty good. So those two franchises have ran into each other a lot. Uh, of course, there was the playoff series two years ago. Do you feel like having a playoff series is kind of like vital for yeah. I, I, I especially totally like a agree. longer one. Yeah, that's it's it's hard when it's interconference because unless they make it to the finals, they're pretty much never gonna have a playoff series against each other. But do you think I, I drafted Suns Maps too high, too low? I mean I drafted Philly Denver. It's kind of the same concept. It's very player focused. So I'm gonna try to go more team focused for the rest of these for my my own picks. But I mean I feel like with 11 games, you kind of have to have... Because I think right now, the best single-player rivalry is Luka Booker. Yeah. As yeah. much as we want to prop up LeBron, Steph, they they like each other. Or at least LeBron likes Steph. Same thing it's with... I, I feel like... It's been a little unclear how much Steph likes LeBron, but... <laughs> it's like a golden retriever energy. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, um, yeah. Which would you put above each other... Uh, above right now, the Embiid... Jokic single player like rivalry vibes or Luka Booker? I think Luka Booker is a battle of rivalry, but I'd rather watch him beat Jokic. Yeah, yeah, it's higher level. I, I, I feel that. All right, so I want to go more team focused here for number five. And there's three teams that have already, we've already picked once that I feel like are three teams that kind of hit this like everyone views them as a rival, and that's the Lakers, the Heat, and the Sixers. Mm hmm. And I think the Heat have ruffled a lot more feathers over the years. So there's two teams I kind of want to match the Heat against. Either the Milwaukee Bucks or the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. Explain to me the Dallas Mavericks beef. So they've met in the finals twice. Both okay. finals super contentious. Um, and I feel like the NBA should just kind of keep pushing it. Hey, Lean you guys are that. rivals. You guys should be right. The thing is, the Heat, Mav Heat fans and Mavs fans don't like it. They still hold a lot of vitriol. Okay. I think it's one of those okay. things where when you're on the outside, that. you don't realize how much animosity is between the two fan bases. Yeah, no, totally. But I, I, my next thing I had on my big board was Bucks Heat. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm gonna take Bucks Heat. I think it's a little bit more topical, but 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I think Loki, the, the number of times that these two teams have met in the playoffs is like pretty unprecedented for this era of NBA history. The problem is whenever they meet, Whoever wins just absolutely wipes the floor with the other team. Yeah, no. Well, it, I mean, yeah, because the Heat beat them the first time. The second time was the the Jimmy Butler, I'm stupidly locked in, which is even though it was followed by like a, a sweep. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. Yeah, literally the losing team in th- these matchups, in any matchups between these two franchises, has never won more than one game. Yeah. Well, because does that, does that go back to like the Brandon Jennings Bucks when they played like the big three in the first round and just <laughs> the, get like steamrolled? Yes. That was the first time they played. They played 2013, sweep by the Heat. 2020, uh, gentleman sweep by the Heat. 2021, sweep by the Bucks. 2023, gentleman sweep by the Heat. Yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's. I it's, want a seven gamer. It, for how uncompetitive their, their playoff series have been. It's an oddly contentious rivalry. And, and it's kind of defined the Eastern Conference for the last five years as yeah. well. Um, okay, so Max, can are, tune in with us. What, what do we, just recap what we've got so far. Who is off the, the board? Okay, for so from my count, we have Lakers Celtics, uh, Heat Celtics. Okay, so Celtics are off the board. We mm-hmm. can't do any more Celtics matchups. Um, Number three, Sixers Nuggets. We can't do any more Miamis either. Yeah. Um, number four, Suns Mavs. Gotcha. And then number five is Bucks Heat. Okay, so Celtics and Heat are off the board right now. Who's? It, it's my turn it's to your pick. Turn. It's my turn to pick. Who do I? I have, have a clear next? pick here. <clears throat> okay, that I'll definitely take at seven if you don't take them at six. I was kind of split right here. I was considering it's is does your matchup include the Lakers? Yeah. Okay. So I was considering these two matchups. It was Lakers Clippers and Lakers Nuggets. I feel like going into like the 2019-20 season, we expected the Lakers Clippers rivalry to kind of define what the Western Conference was going to be going forward. And then the Lakers Nuggets rivalry, like pretty much, did exactly that. They've met in the Western Conference Finals two times. There was so much yapping back and forth after the Nuggets championship. LeBron did the "Oh, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna take the um, media like landscape for your whole like first week of the NBA Finals." Um, but the, the Lakers and Clippers also seem to legitimately not like each other as well. Yeah. Um, where you're an LA native. Uh, I'm, I, I moved here. Where, where would you be leaning? I would definitely lean Lakers Clippers. Lakers Clippers. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Lakers street, Clippers has become a good street one. Street lights versus spotlights. spotlights. Also like, I like, like, that's my thing too is, you know, I feel like this is kind of the NBA. They need to use this week to build up rivalries and keep old rivalries that are fading intact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like LeBron Kawhi is a, you know, matchup that doesn't get that much play, but they've met in two finals. They're in the same city. LeBron kind of invaded Kawhi's, you know, territory as well. I think there, there's a lot more juice there. Yeah. I mean, there's also still the juice of like five years back. Kawhi totally double crossed the Lakers. 
bamboozled them. That's run amok. Run amok. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's definitely some animosity there. I mean, yeah, I feel like Lakers Clippers. It's it's become a good game. It's interesting. It's been very Clippers dominated, and then the Lakers this year have kind of dominated the matchup when their team success is flipped. It should also be noted that every Lakers Nuggets game we've seen recently has been a Bad. blowout, yeah. and every Lakers Clippers game has been just. Back and forth all the way. Well, and also the Clippers, you know, I feel like since Bombers got there, he's really tried to be like, we are our own team. We're not just a little brother team. Like, we're going to move into our own stadium that's going to be four blocks away from the Lakers practice stadium. It's going to be across the street from the wet Lakers. I, I feel like that was a weird location choice. Yeah. Like, I'm... I feel like if there's any pocket of L. So for those of you who don't know, L.A. is like one of the biggest cities geographically, not just like population wise. Like it just the physical size of the city is massive. And the Clippers new stadium is I'm not even kidding. It's like a couple blocks away from the Lakers practice facility. And it's also like across the street from where the Lakers played during the Shaq era. Mm-hmm. The four. Yeah. This is maybe the most Lakers. If there was ever a pocket of LA that was super Lakersy, it's where the Clippers are moving. Which Absolutely, weird they're, choice. They're like a block away from Kareem Drive. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, so I, I don't know. About right that. next to SoFi, which is just gonna create such a clusterfuck for traffic. Like, oh yeah, yeah. If there's awful. a if there's a Rams game the same day as a Clippers game, like rest in peace yes, to the cars. Stay away. Um. Anyway, but yeah, the Clippers are really trying, and I feel like the Clippers like. Obviously, the Lakers have the chip. They have more conference finals appearances. But, like, regular season-wise, the Clippers have been the better franchise for, like, 14 years now. Absolutely. And and there's such an opportunity for the Clippers, I think, if they were to finally bust through. They have, like, an all-L.A. team. If I was a little kid from L.A., I would be so hyped by, like, seeing all these guys from the L.A. area playing on the team in a way that, like... The Lakers feel like a Marvel movie. It's guys that you see on TV but are are imports. And the Clippers, it's like, I don't know, a prodigal son. They're all coming home. Um, there's there's just a lot of storylines that can be built out. And I, I hope we get out Battle LA this year. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I was promised before we had a global pandemic. Um, all right. So I feel like Seven, this is where I feel like there's kind of a drop-off because we can't use the Celtics, Heat, and the Lakers, which I feel like really are the de- three defining teams of like the of NBA Haters. rivalries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say the Sixers, but we've already taken the Celtics out, and I feel like Sixers-Celtics is there. Bucks-Sixers is like, it's been really fun. We've had Laddergate. Giannis and Bede, I feel like, is kind of picking up steam a little bit, but it's not, it's not really there. We haven't really had anything yet. Um, so Patrick, I might go with one that I don't even know was on your board and I'm doing it solely because I just think the NBA owes it to itself to just put this on a rivalry week over and over again, because I think one of the things that does kill these rivalries is if you don't keep putting them in rivalry week, when you have such a big slate of games, it's going to die. And I feel like I'm probably drafting this too early. This probably should go 11, but you know what? Give me Warriors Cavs. There we go. Just keep there it alive. I don't see why not. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm cool with it. I, I like that we're not matching up the Warriors against an absolute juggernaut. Of course, the Cavs are a really good team, but they're not. I I think if we match them up against like the Nuggets or something, we would be on blowout watch. And we're part of this exercise, I think, should be trying to get really close games because that's also what will grow a rivalry. 
Um, and there's just so much history there. Yeah, like, I, I know it doesn't have that same magic without LeBron, but, like, the Cavs are good. Donovan Mitchell's really fun to watch. Styles, I feel like Styles clashing makes rivalries, and the current-day Cavs have such a different... <laughs> yeah, it's small ball versus big ball. Yeah, it's right like, there. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things where if you do put it on rivalry week every year and you just kind of reinforce that, like, hey, you guys played in the finals four times. You guys don't like each other. Like, it can kind of help keep that alive so maybe mm -hmm. that was an awful pick maybe i'm forcing it maybe that was just a player focused rivalry but i don't know man i've you know you see those like crimson red cavaliers going against that like you know bay blue warriors and it, it just feels like it was meant to be a rivalry yeah it's just it's just memories phil I, hey i'm with it man if if you chose pistons bulls i would be right there with you i i am not choosing pistons bulls right now but i think any chance we have to honor the history of the NBA while still highlighting some of the NBA's best and brightest, which Donovan Mitchell and Steph Curry most definitely are. I think it's a great opportunity and it should be taken. Yeah, th there is a drop off though into this like tier of rivalries. And uh, I'm really, I'm really pulled a, a lot of directions right here, but I think I'm going to go with 76ers Clippers. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, this is not a classic rivalry, but there is a lot of juice here. We've got the James Harden breakup from the 76ers. The two teams I don't think have played yet this season, but they're two of the best teams in the NBA. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of guys involved in this that like to talk that like to be loud. Um, and the one position where the Clippers don't have an ex-All-Star, the 76ers are boasting the reigning MVP. MVP. I think whenever these two teams do play, it's going to be an amazing matchup. I, know, I don't think the NBA likes to feature kind of weird player transaction rivalries, but, um, but I, I like that one. Yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of like if you did this a couple years ago, like Nets Sixers was a great pick. Exactly. Wow. So the Clippers are a double team. That kind of blows my Clippers mind. Clippers and 76ers are both off the board now. So I have an old rivalry that I feel like has a really strong chance to be renewed over the next decade. Give me Knicks Pacers. Knicks Pacers. I love that. I feel like it'd be a shame if we don't have any Knicks in here, but it's tough because we already took off the heat in the Celtics. Yeah. I, I will say this. I feel like we were having a little bit of a renaissance of Knicks Celtics because despite how much better the Celtics have been, this like Thibodeau era Knicks have really seemed to give the Celtics a lot of problems in these regular season games. We got bing bong out of um, the Knicks beating the Celtics on game one couple of years ago. Yeah, there's been a lot of like, at least the fans are into it. The fans are into it. And I feel like, you know, we had a Pacers-Knicks series like eight years or 10 years a while ago. Paul George's Pacers versus Melo's Knicks. That was a really fun series. Um, and I feel like this has kind of been a, I feel like the Knicks are like kind of poised to just be like in the mix for the next while now. And like, yeah, I absolutely. feel like it's inevitable we get a Pacers-Knicks playoff at some point. And that could, it could also be another really great, rivalry between players yeah brunson the same position. brunson versus halliburton halliburton yep and um, siakam randall like there we go two yeah, guys who up. like to just bang their bodies at high speeds recklessly like that that creates tension yeah and i mean any chance you can get like a 
uh, uh, matchup with a little juice in Madison Square Garden. You just got to take that that opportunity. Um, okay, what what are we at right now? How many t- games have we selected? We selected nine. There's five teams that are out, which is the Celtics, the Heat, the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Clippers. Okay, okay. I think the NBA would be pretty happy with those teams all doubling up. Um, but I think I think I'm gonna take another team off the board. And that team is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Okay. And I'm going with Golden State Warriors versus Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a, you know, it's it's the old regime versus the the new order. Um, we had Rudy Gobert choked gate earlier this season. Um, like you said, with the other Warriors matchup, it's a very Styles makes fights matchup. What do you think of that one? So I, I love that one. If we can dynamically change the schedule, I actually took that one off because I was putting myself in the position of you don't know what's happened in the regular season yet. True, true. Which he- I guess would also take out Philly Clippers because that's the thing is there will be next year something that happens in the first two months that we don't know will happen that would have made that game perfect for rivalry week. But we're just, you know, we just don't know. it. That's why I wish they... Gave themselves some kind of flexibility. Like we we saw it in the in-season tournament. That's like a possibility. So why not use it? Be as up-to-date as possible in this Yeah, it, it's tough week. because all these concerts and everything mm-hmm. is scheduled out so, so far in advance. So it's tough for the NBA to do flex scheduling. Because the NBA also, I don't know, it, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the like delay between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs like, a day or two. Yeah. It feels like the NBA short. gives themselves no wiggle room. Cause I know they delayed a warriors game because of the passing of the coach. And it's like, I believe there's a little bit more now because of the plan. The plan takes like three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, generally if, if, they get to the playoffs. It, it as quick feels as like possible. there's not quite enough wiggle room between the regular season and the playoffs. And I, it least should start on Christmas, but, um, okay. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the thing because if they gave themselves wiggle room, I love that they could throw these back out there. But that's the other thing too is that I feel like the NBA sometimes plays it a little bit too safe, where they'd be like, "Ah, Draymond Gobert is not." It's like, come on, we all know, yeah, we love it. They've we we want to see him get thrown. Those out. two have been shit talking each other from long before this season. Absolutely, yeah. There was all the the Paul George Draymond smoke versus Rudy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so. I would love to get Wemby in here. Wemby just doesn't have a rivalry yet. No, he doesn't have a rivalry yet. And I don't... It would be one thing if the Thunder weren't, like, the best team in the Western Conference right now. And they weren't just going to absolutely eviscerate the Spurs every time they play. But I, I, I don't think he's earned it. I don't think any rookie has earned being on rivalry week. That name right there just implies that there is history. And you're a rookie. You don't have any history. Okay, Patrick. So with the 11th pick, I have a proposal. Can I modify one of your previous picks to take one of those teams back in? Possibly. Because I think this will make the whole slate stronger. Possibly. I'm amenable to it. Can I swap out Philly Clippers for Dallas Clippers? For 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 Dallas Dallas Clippers? Clippers? So then I can get Philadelphia versus New York. I'll allow it. I, I will allow it. Yeah, so okay, so Clippers, I didn't even think about that one. 
Clippers, Mavericks is because they've met in the playoffs a lot. Yeah, recently. they've met twice. It is kind of a new age rivalry. It's I, the Kawhi Luka matchup is always incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And talk about talk about the other matchup a little bit. So Philadelphia's kind of owned New York lately. So from that sense, it's not the greatest, just because it's like. Have you seen that picture? It's like Ben Simmons looking stoic and it's just like Ben Simmons has never lost to the New York Knicks <laughs> from like what? the end of his Sixers That's crazy. tenure. Yeah, I did not yeah, know Yeah, Ben that. Simmons started like 16 or 18 and over versus the Knicks in his career. Like the basically the, the Knicks are owned by the Sixers. But if you're a New York guy, if you're a Philly guy, you know how much you hate each other. Like mm-hmm. living back on the East Coast, New York fans, Philly fans, like and the, what's fun about that rivalry, it's, it's so multi-sport. It's like... It's Giants Eagles. It's yeah. like Yankees Phillies. It's like, you know, Flyers Rangers. It's like every single sport, New York and Philly clash. And like when you live in the tri-state area, like it really is this thing where it's like if you're a New York guy, you know a shit ton of Philly fans and you freaking hate them. And I feel like Sixers Knicks, even though on the court it's been a little one-sided, it's a fun rivalry. So I think it's just a good game to be in New York in Madison Square Garden. And hypothetically, it's only going to get more and more competitive because As the Knicks have ascended. The Knicks are actually good now. The Sixers are still good. Um, I think that if there's any rivalry that the NBA should be pushing to become a real rivalry, it's probably that one. Okay, weird question. If you could magically make it so... Two teams became two teams that like. What are some teams that you feel like sh- just should be rivals? Ooh, I mean, because hmm, we talked we about this off air, but like, I'd love a world where the Knicks and the Nets really became rivals. But yeah, I feel like it's hard to overstate. I like being having lived back east and living on the west coast. I feel like like Lakers Clippers is a lot more legitimate than Knicks Nets because like the Knicks like everyone's a Knicks fan. Nobody's a Nets fan. Yeah, no, like. I mean, no one even like thinks about uh, thinks about the nets um geez i pelicans grizzlies i think is one that i would like to see as a real rivalry there's been a little i think the nba has tried to push that a little bit with the zion jaw thing they always do that with the one two pick but um it's not really real you know? you know the rivalries i really really like and this is what i like about a lot of these east coast rivalries is like and i think this is what's missing from so many west coast rivalries is like celtics knicks right it's not just celtics knicks it's like patriots jets patriots giants it's like you know red Sox yankees it's like these multiple sports where they don't just hate each other for the NBA. They hate each other for the NFL, the MLB, hockey. And I think that's what's really special about this, like, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, triple city combo is, like, these three cities play each other in every sport and they hate each other in every sport. And I think that's what's kind of missing, like, that missing juice for a lot of these West Coast rivalries is, like, Giants-Dodgers in baseball is a huge rivalry. But, like, Lakers-Warriors has become like a weirdly forced rivalry. It's just because of LeBron. It's just because of LeBron. And it's like, I kind of want a little bit more of of that juice. Um, I feel the same way with Suns-Warriors. We saw that matchup on the first day of the regular season and Christmas last year. And it is just, it's so forced. It was just the Chris Paul thing. It was just the Kevin Durant thing. But like, you know, Phoenix sports and Bay Area sports are always in competition. The Giants and the Diamondbacks, 
the 49ers and the Cardinals. It would be really awesome for me to see that. But the the two windows have never really Yeah, aligned. it's like the Cardinals and the Niners are always never... I don't yeah. think they're ever good at the same time. Like, ever, ever. It's not, weird. Yeah, not really. The, the Seahawks and Cardinals has been a real rivalry, but Niners and Cardinals just has never really stuck in that way. Um, I'd love to see the Suns and the Jazz be real rivals. They've never really lined up on their... When they were really good, but geographically, it's... A, the two four corners basketball team, or I guess the Nuggets are there too. Yeah, Nuggets in there, Nuggets Jazz, Nuggets Suns. You know, like a, a, a small one that I feel like could get some juice it, uh, in terms of like if all the teams start to pan out a little bit is uh, Chicago, Milwaukee. Yes. Because like Packers Bears is like a timeless rivalry that, you know, I feel like Bulls, like Milwaukee could extend. It's just that it's like since the Giannis era has started, it's been so one sided. Yeah, yeah, and the Bucks were not really competitive throughout the whole Jordan era either. Yeah, so, and, and then the Bulls were really bad in the Kareem era. So you just like when you keep getting unlucky and missing each other when you're at your peak, it's really hard to build something. Yeah, I, I mean, one rivalry that I'm looking forward to reigniting, hopefully, is Sun Spurs. That was such a great rivalry from. Really, the early 2000s to like 2010 is is when it ended. And um, now that Wemby's back, Book's obviously still pretty young. Maybe we could get some competitive playoff series in the future with that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Was there a Texas Rangers Phillies MLB finals? Or was that not the same year? Um, phew, is you're there, is there the wrong, man. Do you know, Max? We need our research a, team. Like, Rangers. Because I'm wondering like... <laughs> Is there a little like Philly Dallas juice that could get wound up just because these fan bases really don't like each other on the football side of things? So I'm wondering, can you spin that onto the basketball that's side? True, that is true. Because that's where I'm wondering. Like, I feel like like the more I think about it, I think that's what really makes like this New York Philly Boston tr like trifecta so perfect. Is they just hate each other. All up and down the board. Yeah. New Orleans and Atlanta would yeah, be cool. That's um, true. Of course, they're in different conferences, but maybe after we add some teams, throw the Pelicans that's to a the special, Eastern Conference. That's a special rivalry where like the people in the city, even if it's not sports related, have a deep-seated like hatred of the other city. I feel like that, like I feel like the NBA's gotta just be like, you know what? Let's do it. Like yeah. New Orleans, like Atlanta, I think. You could argue, I think you could put that on here. Just because like I think a lot of Atlanta people, a lot of New Orleans people just yeah, the I, ones that care about all of their major sports, I think that yeah. they could definitely get behind that. Um, yeah, what was the matchup you were asking about? Rangers, Rangers and what? And, uh, Phillies? I'm not seeing No, it didn't happen. Maybe it was a couple years uh, apart. Yeah, the AL and uh, Baseball teams, I don't, I can this, never remember Especially their in the South, too. I think when you have that, like, you know, that LSU, Georgia, too, mm -hmm. you got a lot of times these cities are butting heads, but... Yeah, I guess we've never really had like the the basketball animosity, but I think like if you play it up, it could become like that. And I think yeah. maybe that's what the NBA needs to do is kind of focus a little bit more on these cities that are natural rivals everywhere and just try to force its way into making basketball part of the conversation. And I think people who like those rivalries would enjoy that too. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, so we have two more no we did it we we did it we did it this we've is, got the whole slate this is done. our draft right here yeah. wow okay so so our full slate 
Lakers, Boston, Miami, Boston, 76ers versus the Nuggets, Suns versus the Mavs, Heat versus the Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Cavs, Dallas and the Clippers, the Knicks and the Pacers, the Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the 76ers and the Knicks closing out the slate. I think we've improved it. Yeah, I think we've made it better. Yeah, I mean, I think taking out (laughs) Dallas, Atlanta. Yeah, so which one's on the slate? So of the slate. Portland, San Antonio Spurs getting taken off. We we just thank us later. Yeah. Of the slate, we repeated. They had Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Mavs, Celtics, Heat, um, Sixers, Nuggets. And those are the only four that we repeated? Yeah, we didn't really repeat many of them. We repeated four of them. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like the NBA needs to figure... I cannot get behind this Luca Trey. Like, it's not a... In what world is it a rivalry? What is rivalry about it, other than that they were drafted on the same... The thing I've I've always hated about the Luca Trey discourse was, like, from the jump, like, obviously they got traded for each other. And then there was, like, kind of this debate when they were rookies about, like, oh, who's better? Because Trey Young had a good second half of the season. And it was like, but Luka not only had a good first half of the season, but he's also been better in the second half. That was, like, a really forced rookie of the year narrative, too. Like, Luka's just clearly been the better player from the jump. And that's why it's just not – for me, it's not a fun topic because, like, I feel like people always be like, well, Trey's a better passer. It's like, dude – I don't know. Like, I actually don't even know if Trey's a better passer. My thing about something like that is, like, even if you give them, like, yeah, Trey's a better passer, like, there's a certain level of passing that you get to where if you're a better passer than that, it's just, like, not effectively changing the game anymore. Like, they're both generational passers, but these teams, they're not in the same conference. They don't play against each other either. They're never going to play in the finals against each other. There's no outside of the outside of the NBA other other like sport yeah. juice to it. And, and the players don't seem to like care either. I, I don't know. It's just that's one that I think the NBA needs to let go of. Yeah, that's that's. I also I don't like these Wemby ones. Like Wemby OKC. It's like yes, Wemby Chet is fun. Maybe two three years from now, it's not fun when. <laughs> Chet has Jalen Williams and SGA, and Wemby has Jeremy Sohan. Devin Vassell. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's just not It's just not a competitive matchup. Yeah. I mean, the DeAndre Ayton-Victor Wembenyama matchup is just going to be incredible. Incredible Yeah, like, watch. I don't understand Spurs, Blazers? Scoot, I guess, is the thing. Like, obviously, before the season, we all thought Scoot would be a lot better. And I think a lot of us thought it would be Scoot Wemby instead of Chet Wemby, even though Chet was getting a lot of buzz too. But it's just like, I feel like the NBA should not gamble on rookies. Yeah, yeah. And especially rookies when you're trying to sell rivalries. It's one thing if you're like, maybe you have like a stars of the matchups of the future week. Like we talked about all these like superlative weeks. This is the, the secret sauce of a lot of these rivalries. These guys are almost never from the same draft classes. Usually guys in the same draft class really get to know each other through the draft process. They're playing AAU together. Like they tend to be friends. Yeah. Off the top of our head. What are the best rivalries from the same draft? Single, class? single, like Oh three, all those guys, Bosch, Mello, Wade, LeBron were friends. Yeah. And, th- and they tried to push that, like, 
LeBron Carmelo rivalry and which was I, I never was, really a rivalry yeah. like Wade was the only guy I felt like who could ever really challenge LeBron at his apex and like we never got a Heat Cavs playoff series yeah but I I just wanted to say to your like credit like all the greatest rivalries of the past 20 years LeBron Steph different cl- draft class um, LeBron KG and Embiid, yeah. Or, or Jokic and Embiid are the same class, but it's but, that's a unique circumstance yeah. where Embiid is like from Kansas, Jokic is Serbia, and Jokic really doesn't even start playing a lot until Nurkic gets shipped out of town, and Embiid misses his first two years, and those guys have become friends. Yeah, 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 and that's kind of why we need to stop banking on player rivalries because they're so public and they're so publicly friends. Yeah, like you need to focus on how much the like fan bases dislike each other like you said yeah i think the future of player rivalries is going to be more of these euro versus american mm, yeah yeah i see that um okay i mean do you got I, I wanted to ask you so we were watching the the playoff games yesterday in the nfl and it got me thinking about mahomes allen like that is probably the marquee matchup, rivalry yeah. matchup player rivalry in the NFL right now, who would you say, Would you, is there a NBA equivalent to Mahomes Allen in the NBA right now? Or is there one historically that it makes you think of? I feel like right now there's, it's tough because there are so many players who are so freaking good in the NBA, but I feel like it's kind of hard to compare to Mahomes because Mahomes is like probably going to go down as the greatest football player ever. Like you just see the graphics throughout the game. It's like, most wins ever greatest winning percentage on the road ever like most touchdown duos with his tight end ever and you're just like bro this guy's like tom brady has seven super bowls and somehow we're watching somebody who's like literally headed straight down the path to matching or maybe surpassing him and that's just like absurd so i guess like i guess luca is just the closest in terms of how young he is and how good he is but he doesn't have that team around him Mm -hmm. and then alan is this like fun reckless crazy guy i don't want to do like championships like I don't know if we have that right now in the NBA. My one thought, I don't know if we have that right now in the NBA either. I guess maybe Jokic and Bede is, is, is kind of yeah. there. Um, I was also thinking of, we talked about it earlier, LeBron and Carmelo is kind of reminiscent of that. I think LeBron was clearly the guy, but Carmelo is also a generational talent in his own right that was never really over able to get over the hunt. Hump like uh, like Josh Allen has unfortunately yeah. has been, um, but yeah, such a great moment for the NFL. Yeah, the NFL, those rivalry. two. Yeah, I think like I think we'll get it soon. I just don't know if we have it quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we were able to, it would also help if like Embiid, Jokic were in the, the same finals, yeah. conference, or or they made it to the finals against each other. Then I think it would just be. It would probably be the best rivalry that we've had. Yeah, I, I think like, yeah, that's the thing. We've gotten Sixers-Celtics so many times, but I just think Buck sixers is a little bit more fun. Mm. Just because Giannis and Embiid, they kind of both have this tendency to like, if the game's not going smoothly, both of them kind of like to just ratchet up the physicality. You saw it in the first game of the season where like the two of them are, it's kind of like what I was talking about with Randall and Siakam earlier where they just, they're both kind of these guys who are like, I'm going to run into you at full speed and just try to be- beat the shit out of you. Exactly. And they're both so skilled. And that's what makes it kind of funny is both of them just like lose their minds when they play each other. And I think like it would make a great playoff series. Yeah, that would be, uh, 
Fingers crossed, everybody. Fingers crossed. I mean, think about amazing. the two players that I know people call him beat a foul merchant, but like Giannis sometimes gets free throws for literally just barreling into people for no goddamn reason. <laughs> that's that's what he does. That's his thing. And yeah. you know what? No one else can do that. Yeah. So that's why. So the two of them, the fouls, everything, it's. The MVPs. The MVPs. Yep. No, those two. We need a we need Buck Sixers. Like more than anything else, we need a Buck Six. Which is funny because we didn't pick it for this slate, but I was it's gotta get there. I was combing through the uh playoff matchups. I just wrote them all down from last season and then the season before that. I can't believe that Bucks Celtics series was only two years ago. Like I, I feel like the perception of Giannis has changed so much over this short period of time where he like was so solidly the best player in the league championship. And then just that incredible performance in that seven game series. I think like I was thinking about this the other day randomly, but like the way we think about like best player in the world, like makes no sense to me. Like let's rewind to bucks nets. Nobody walked away from that series thinking Giannis was better than KD. Like not one person walked away from that thinking that at the time. Then Giannis wins the chip. So now Giannis is the best player in the world, which like, okay, fair enough. He had the 50 piece in the finals, but like still no one thought he was the best player in the world two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. Then like fast forward this year, like Jokic has the most masterclass playoff series run we've ever seen, like across all the series. Everyone, Jokic is by far the best player in the world. There's no doubt. Three months later, ESPN's top 100 comes out and they have Giannis number one. Like after Giannis got his ass beat by Jimmy Butler again, like what? And now everyone's saying that Joel Embiid is the number one player in the MVP race. Yeah, well, I mean, MVP and best player in the world, I feel like, are separate conversations. Like, I still think Jokic is the best player in the world, but I would have Embiid as the MVP favorite. But I don't know. The Giannis, like, up and down discourse of where he is, player ranking-wise, has kind of never made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I was not in the camp that was thinking that KD is a better player than Giannis at that time. Um, mainly like the chasm gap on the defensive end between yeah. the two, but it, it is, I mean, it's but a it's 24 this, hour media this, cycle of, we just got to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and whatever we say out of, out of that, we just got to well, it's stand this, behind. It's this like dichotomy between like Durant loses Harden and Irving and almost beats a fully healthy Milwaukee by himself. A year later, it's like the same thing. Giannis loses Middleton and I believe somebody else. And then he almost beats the Celtics completely by himself. And it's this funny, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, the thing is, they're just so close. They're Those, so good. The three of them are all so good and they're so close. We talked about it last year or last week. Uh, if If all these guys end up having... Two MVPs, one championship, and one finals MVP by, like, the time this year is over, by the time next year is over. I don't know how you, like, decide between them. Because they all have good years and they all have great years. Yeah. And it's just, like, which which year is is this year? And it would be fun if Jokic played for, like, the Celtics. Not, I mean, not as a Heat fan, but like, if like, yeah, if they could go at each other. If five Giannis times played a year. for the Knicks and Jokic played for the Celtics, this would be like the greatest, yeah, <laughs> the greatest oh three-way gosh. rivalry of all time. Yeah. All right, should we move on to best take, worst take? Let's move on to best take, worst take. Um. Okay. Do you want to get positive? Do you want to get negative? Let's I, get positive. You know, staying positive. My best take of the week is going to Emmanuel. Quickly, he was asked about building chemistry with his Raptors teammates. 
and just gave this hilarious answer, in my opinion. He said, it's like meeting a new girl. You got to take the time to get to know her. You got to take her out to eat and stuff like that. You, you, just, you ain't just going to walk up to her and say, let's get married, which I think is a great analogy just for, you know, getting used to your coworkers in literally any field. Uh, you can't, you're not just like best friends with them, super cohesive right away. And I just, I don't know. He's funny. I liked it. It's funny because I have another player involved in that Raptors-Knicks trade. Okay. But I have a former Nick chiming in. And I feel like I owe, it, I owe it to this guy to give him a best take after clowning on him for two bad takes. I've got Carmelo Anthony for best take. There we go. He said, RJ Barrett is a bland player. Whoa. RJ Barrett was asked about this. And RJ Barrett said, I had four points last game and 26 this game. So I guess he's kind of right. <laughs> there we go. Just, just like I don't know. I, that's how I feel watching RJ Barrett. Yeah, too. I think he is kind of a bland player. It, player. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hate to to say it, but I do kind of agree. But I guess, but bland isn't even necessarily the worst thing. Like a lot of the best players aren't that. Like I would say Tim Duncan is bland aesthetically. Yeah, aesthetically. Yeah, yeah like, aesthetically, definitely. Or uh, especially as he aged, like it was a lot of. Stiff yeah, jumpers. Playing really great post defense. Yeah, like I, I'm not talking about like early 2000s Duncan, who's this crazy athlete. You know, like the 2010s Duncan was a bland yeah. player. Doesn't mean he was bad. He was such a such a heat heat fan thing to say right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. This is a this is a tough duo for any Spurs fans out there because you've got a Heat fan or you've just Tim Duncan, and then you've got a Suns fan and. The Spurs constantly did us dirty. Well, first off, I love Tim Duncan. I have a Tim Duncan jersey. I am obsessed with Wemby. And the reason I shit on the Spurs is because I want the best for Wemby. I want Wemby to succeed. I want Wemby to succeed on the Spurs. He looks badass with that black Spurs jersey on. Oh, my God. It's going to be a menace for years to come. He's had so many awesome highlights. And I, I've been I've been on the Wemby for Rookie of the Year train, even during that rough period where Chet was shooting 10,000% from everywhere on the court. Like, I was still Wemby guy. Yes. This is a Wemby. This, this is a, is a Wemby, Wemby pro pod. Wemby pod. Pro Wemby pod. Um, okay. My worst take of the week is going, and this this is for you, my man. And I wouldn't be surprised if you had the same worst take. But my worst take of the week is going to Paul Pierce. Oh, okay. I've got another small Who forward, but not him. Commented on Udonis Haslam's jersey retirement, a post about Udonis Haslam's jersey retirement, and said, This one's given, bro. Just saying, implying that Udonis Haslam was just given this jersey retirement and didn't earn it, which is complete bullshit. This guy played on this franchise for nearly 20, 20 years. 20 years, yeah. 20 years. He was a rostered player on every single championship team we've had, championship team and finalist that the Heat have ever had. At, I don't know who would be a better candidate. Like literally Dwayne Wade is the only better candidate that I think should be retired as, as a heat player. Like Udonis has them. Like you don't get players with legacies like that for a team. It's not like he's in the hall of fame. He's getting his number retired by the Miami heat. Paul Pierce, you are a hater. Yes. You know what? I, I don't want to clown on Pierce too much though, even though I don't agree with him because I kind of like, I do like how much 
they hate us and how much we hate them. I do too. I I, I love I, it I kinda, too. It, 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 it's building up rivalry week because mm-hmm. I feel like Pierce still really <laughs> identifies as a Celtic. Did you see that clip of? Uh, KG asking Pierce who the dogs were. Or the, oh my god! And KG names like a hundred players, and Pierce is like none of them. <laughs> like, I I I feel like Kevin Garnett does not like Paul Pierce. I know it, it like emanates from their dynamic. podcast that Garnett oddly like you wouldn't expect it, but really like respects the current generation of guys. Like I've loved post retirement KG, and Paul Pierce is just like such a hater. It's, I know it's, it it's feels like of, he's just so loyal to like he's KG. He's so loyal. He's never gonna let him down. Of course he's gonna do the podcast with you, Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce just like bothers him and just like teases him. Yeah. It's good podcasting, I guess. <laughs> I think what it might be is that KG actually watches a lot of basketball and Paul Pierce does not. Yeah, yeah I, I get that sense too. Cause like KG, like, I don't know. I've loved post-retirement KG. Yeah. Me too. Like, I gave him a best take a couple weeks ago. That's uh, yeah, he's I like pretty KG. thoughtful, like yeah. respectful. Seems like he really enjoys it. Paul Pierce is you remember when Paul Pierce got fired from ESPN for going on live yep. with like <laughs> strippers? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Classic Paul Pierce. All right. I think I have one that's will do you better. Kevin Durant. I don't understand why I'm not in the GOAT convo. <laughs> I uh yeah, of course you picked this one. I looked at this. Uh, get your do well, I mean, I don't need to do my thing. He's just not in the GOAT convo. He's in the convo? Well, he said, why is he not in the convo? He's not in the convo because he's never been the best player on the championship team. I don't The know Warriors won before that. he got there. They won after he left. They didn't miss a beat when my man left. That doesn't mean... Patrick, they could have won with he me did- on the team. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get credit for winning chips with a team that was going to win without you. No, I don't think if they didn't get Kevin Durant, I don't think they win another championship. But they won without him anyway. Yeah, but that was <laughs> literally that was it. down the line. They they had all their tanking like every single advanced staff from that Warriors era just said this team was so much better when Steph was out there than when Kevin Durant was out there. There's like no evidence. There's literally no evidence at all anywhere up and down any number that Durant was the better player than Curry. I that saw run. Kevin Durant rip out LeBron James beating heart on live TV <laughs> and splash a three in his face. Um, I, I I just, I don't know. But also with Durant, like I, to me also, even if you think he was the best player in those words, you were never at one season, the best player in the league. Okay. I, I don't, I'm not going to argue that he's the best player of all time, but he's a top 12 player all time at worst. Definitely one of the top 10 best shooters. I don't time. know if he's top 12. He has four scoring titles. He has an MVP. He has two championships. Like, But like, okay, I see a lot of people put him ahead of Giannis all time. I actually don't understand that. I feel like Giannis has accomplished more than Kevin Durant has. He has more MVPs. He has a defensive player of the year. He was the best, definitive best player on his title team. I, I Like Giannis to me is ahead of Durant all time. When it's all said and done, yeah, I'll probably be there. Um, but I can't quite... Put him there just yet. He he made the finals as like a 24-year-old or something um, with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Harden um, just like two absolute nutcases who cannot win at all. Yeah. And, and Ibaka. I don't know. I don't think it's a crazy statement to say, why am I not in the conversation? 
But like, why are you not in the conversation? Because you haven't accomplished anywhere near as much as the guys who are in the conversation. It's such an easy answer. Okay. But I, I, I cannot co-sign for this being the worst take of this the week. This is such a I, bad I, take. I cannot co-sign on this. It'd be one thing if like freaking Paul Pierce is saying this. Okay. Because Paul Pierce is a Hall of Famer, but he's not like. Okay. But if Dirk Nowitzki said this, what would you say? I would say, yeah, you could be in the conversation. You're not going to be the answer. <laughs> How could the, you're not going to be the answer. If, you're de- if, if the first thing we think of about your conversation is you're not the answer, then it's not in the conversation. And KD is a much better player. Or maybe not much better, but he is a better player than Dirk Nowitzki. He made three three finals. Same amount of two MVPs. Of them, same amount of MVPs. You don't get credit for making the finals on that Warriors team. I, yeah, you I, don't get credit for that. He made he made more than three finals. He made four finals. Patrick, he missed the Western Conference Finals in one of those years, and Curry just carried them. Yeah, but you, you got to add context, so man. There's injuries. Curry, it's Curry. Like we need to give Steph his flower. Like Curry is in the goat debate more than Durant is. Uh, I do have I do have Steph uh, over KD yeah. all time. But like you don't get credit for missing multiple conference finals games and Curry outplaying Harden by himself. Why does Durant get credit for that? I Dirk, mean, he Dirk, helped put them in the Dirk situation to be there. He was the best player on two finals teams. Okay. Has the same amount of MVPs for his era. So was you it, have you have Dirk over KD all time. I don't know if I do, but I'm just saying like that's the kind of guys I compare KD to, not not LeBron and Jordan. I think this could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> um, but you have him twelve. Like that's my whole point. Goat is one. Yeah, like yeah. you're not even you're over ten spots away. Yeah, I gotta ride for my dude. <laughs> Who's been on the Suns for one season? <laughs> That's my guy. Now. Not even one, not even eighty-two yet. Hey, you play one game in the purple and orange, and you're a Suns legend. Okay, in this house. Um. Okay, Max, we're at an impasse. You're gonna have to pick the worst take of the week. Uh, uh man, I feel like I'm in the middle of something right here. I, don't know. I mean, you're Paul Pierce. Slandering Udonis Haslam's name. I, I think that one is more out of pocket, to be honest. I think so. It is out of pocket. Yeah. It's, it's out of pocket. It's just, it's a terrible take. Yeah. At least we can have an argument about the other thing. Exactly. With this, it's there, un- there's no argument. It's just Paul hate. Pierce, you are a hater. It's just smoke. I love the pettiness, though. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm for it. All like, right. It's so, just a bad take. So then Pierce is the worst take of the week. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Paul Pierce as the worst take of the week. Who was worst take last week? Um, didn't we have like the same uh, take? I don't know. This is this is great podcasting. Yeah, this is we're, great we're, pod- we're gearing up to nominate the worst take of the month soon, so we got we got to double check on that. But uh, pretty th- sure it was uh, Kenyon Martin saying that uh, real hoopers know Kyrie is better than Luca. Oh, that was the first one for the whole year. That won the first month. Okay. okay. Was it? <laughs> oh, it was Kuzma. It was, oh, it was Kuzma saying, uh, uh, true, true, true. "Damn, the, I feel like the takes they've been bad, but that Kenyon Martin one and the Isaiah Thomas one from the beginning of the year are, are I don't they're they're still the best too." Well, football's about to be done, baby, and then we've just got those those hot takes. Yeah, merchants. we got Skip is coming back to town. Stephen A is coming back to town. I'm ready. All right, thank you guys for listening to the Foul Trouble Podcast. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.